1: Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. What a what a game in Toronto last night. Aaron Fortson with the Athletic, joined by Allison Lucan. Hello. And Tom Reed, who was with the club there in Toronto. Say hello, Tom. Good morning. That too. An interesting game last night. I thought the Blue Jackets had a chance to land a knockout punch there, up two nothing in the first, with the team coming back from the West Coast like Toronto was. Jumped on him in the first, and then sort of got jumped on in the second, and just kind of feel it slipping away from there. It turned out to be a, a game of finer points, um, and I think Columbus sort of collapsed in each of those. Tom, you were you were in, in uh, Toronto last night for the game. Set the scene. Did it look like did it look like two heavyweights throwing punches at each other, or was it less than that?
2: No, it was a fast, exciting game. It was a, a, a really free-flowing game. Chances on both sides. Um, I think there there were some defensive breakdowns, but even beyond that, I think that the Blue Jackets will rue chances to make it three nothing. Uh, Zach Werenski got a really nice pass from Brandon Dubinsky, and I don't I think he I don't know if he hit it wide or hit the side of the net on one, and then really one of the critical sequences of the game. After after Toronto finally gets a goal, um, Anderson Josh Anderson gets a breakaway from the blue line in, right. can't convert, and two minutes later there comes John Tavares on a on a really nice uh, setup from Mitch Marner on it, just a great individual play, and less than stellar defending uh, mostly from Zach Werenski that tied right. the game, and then after that it just it, it boiled down to one play. Where anyone who watched the uh post game with Torts kind of right. let everyone know about the, the lack of coverage on the play on
1: yeah. it, just basically an easy goal for Toronto to win it.
2: Yeah.
1: Zach Hyman left alone in the in the slot. That was uh Sedlak's guy and he went high in the zone. Not sure what his read was there. You could see him on the bench trying to make an explanation to Tortorella.
2: <laughs> I don't think Torts was buying it.
1: Yeah, it's like, man, yeah. Sometimes the explanation's worse than than not knowing what somebody was thinking. Um, Allison, this, is there a way to measure uh, skill, speed, and offensive talent on both sides? Because it seemed like one of those games.
3: <laughs> um, no, to answer your question, um, what? I think <laughs> uh, I think that <clears throat> what we did see that uh, points to the, some of the difference making. As close as we can get it, is that the leafs controlled, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty significantly, particularly in the second period, the high danger looks, um, yeah. which you could extrapolate to some of those breakaways, some of those blown coverages, allowing the leafs to get there into the high danger areas, and particularly um, the entire slot up and down. Uh, they were taking a lot of their shots from there. You could see that in the shot maps where the jackets were more distributed, Um, you know, and and I continue to be concerned more so on the defensive side. I I don't, you know, it's whether it's big chances against or a summary of of average chances. uh, This is a Jackets team that isn't commanding control of, of what's happening offensively. And when you're playing against a team like the Maple Leafs, that's a dangerous game because they can attack so quickly with the skill that they have.
1: Yeah, and these are the Leafs without Austin Matthews, without Nylander. Correct. Oh, oh my. Um, and, and this brings us to your point about the Blue Jackets sort of turning over the turning over the slot to the Maple Leafs. This brings us to the point that Tom wrote about um, in detail, uh, looked at the athletic site about last night's game. I mean, there, there's no other really way to say it. Zach Wierenski just got beat and John Tavares is going to make great plays. He's a hell of a player, but that wasn't a great, that, that wasn't a great play by Tavares as much as it was him wanting it more than Wierenski. And he just blew right through him uh, to get net front so that Marner's great effort resulted in a goal. Tom, tell us, tell us about this. Cause this is a growing issue. Yeah, Wierenski's on the third pair You'd think he'd be he'd be busting his his butt at this point. I wonder if he's regressed from last year or if we're just paying attention to it more now. And and when I say regressed from last year, he had one arm last year. Yeah,
2: I, and I wonder if that's part of it that, that that everyone kind of graded on a curve, right? Because of it. But right. I, I I think you know let's 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 go let's put the two big defensive plays of the game side by side. One is just a mental error by, by Sedlak. He goes to the wrong guy. And, yeah. and it's funny that Torts yesterday morning was talking about it's a league of mistakes now. Everyone's making them. And you just got to, you can't paralyze yourself. You just got to move on and find a way to win. Um, and and that was just a mental mistake. It, it, they happen. You, right. you're, you're really upset. But this was a mistake where <clears throat> Zach Wierenski had the, I mean, he could not have been, that play could not have started with him in better defensive position. He's on the right side of the puck. Uh, and, you know, yes, there's a there's a play going on around him, and it's the classic head on a swivel. But then it just becomes getting back to the net. You have Tavares going, so he starts. So there's three things that could happen on this play that could have prevented that goal. It's Zach just, you can't interfere with guy, but you can certainly keep moving your feet, and kind of box him out as you would uh, a, a basketball player going for a rebound. The second part of it is Zach's got to eliminate Tavares' stick. Right. And the third thing, if you can't do the first two, just take him down. Just literally interfere with him or, or restrain him. You can't let him score there. And no. I think it was the first game in Blue Jackets history where there was no penalty. In it. Is that correct, I'm pretty sure?
1: That is correct, yeah. And,
2: and, and that's one where I'm sure Torch would take a penalty at any time there. And this has just become kind of emblematic of kind of that play, I think, to me, is emblematic of the way things have gone for Zach this year, where we see little plays like that. And again, if that's Scott Harrington and he was involved in the play, man, he's the sixth defenseman. That was a great play by Mitch Marner. I don't think Keeves is culpable in this. As as, as as Wierenski, who I think all of us agree is one of the best players, and you can't
1: allow this to continue to creep into his game. Yeah. I mean, Allison, what are your thoughts on this? Does he, has he gotten worse in this area, or is this an area where, I mean, he doesn't have Jones as a security blanket? This is something that Tortorella has mentioned. Um, I mean, even going back to last year where – We recall the story where Seth Jones stepped in and said, listen, he's really hurting. Berenski's really hurting here. Give him some some slack. And I don't think Tortorella fully believed that the shoulder injury was his only limitation. Um, And then he said before this season, you know, that's one area of the game where he has got to improve and we're going to be on him about improving. And now here we are. I wonder if it's one of those things that's been talked about uh, so much that it's it's been talked about into reality, or if if we're just like looking at it now and watching everything works before we didn't pay so close attention,
3: yeah, I mean, <clears throat> a couple thoughts spring to mind, <clears throat> and you know, Tom outlined everything that just happened in the play, but I, I do think that there is a variable here of the fact that he is on the ice with Scott Harrington and while the play may be Zach's to make, you know, I think Harrington is in part what makes that puck available to Tavares in the first place. And Zach Wierenski is never going to be David Savard, nor should he be. I mean, David Savard loves the two on one. David Savard loves the defensive challenge and Zach Wierenski is not that guy. And we're asking him to be better defensively. And I get it that they want to put him in a third pairing role to lessen the competition he sees. But that means his partner may not be someone who maybe can help support him as much with what he has to learn. So I think there's a, we're in a little bit of a catch 22 here in terms of how the player has to learn in terms of where the coaches are putting him and what the player can express given who he's on the ice with, you know, it's, and I don't know what the right answer is. Do you put him back with a Seth Jones so that he has support and can continue to be better defensively? Or do you say, no, you have to go to this third pair, but you're not going to have as much support, which makes every little mistake that much more glaring. I, I, I do feel there's a bit of a magnifying glass effect here. Do I think he also needs to be better? Yes. But what is, what is better given the type of player that he ultimately should be in this league. But I think there's questions and it's, we have to watch all this carefully, but with the right perspective too.
1: Yeah. Um, he, right. Allison, you're right. He, he is never going to be David Savard. Could he at least be Marcus Nudovara?
3: And That's fair. And I think that, you know, it's interesting. I was talking with uh, a colleague this morning and, and who was at the game and the person was commenting on, nudie's quality of play and then if you look at how he measured up by the numbers it actually wasn't as strong as it looked um but you know again this is my point is nudavara is supported by perhaps a better partner right and he's he's grown with a better partner it's 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 i guess that's my point it's hard to separate evolution and performance in absence of considering who someone is playing with if that makes sense um, yeah. But do I think he could be Marcus Nudevara? Yes, I do. But also, you know, Marcus Nudevara is playing with more confidence right now than Zach Roransky. And and I would imagine I would too, if I'm having a lot of defensive messaging put into my head to, to consider how to play with that. Um, and ultimately, Zach's best defense is pushing the puck the other way. So this is, this is a fundamental shift in what we're asking. And we've seen a little bit more defensive play from nudie for sure. And, and maybe that's the better target to, to think of him with is, is a nudie and not a, not a guy who's going to perfectly play the two on one. I mean, that's overstating it, but that that's probably a better goal for him yeah. right now. Defensively.
2: Well, I, 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 I think one, two things there. one, on a play like that, that's that's kind of an effort play, right? That, that's, that's just beating your man to the spot um, on the goal. And then, again, it's Scott I think I think Allison raises a good point that it's Scott Harrington, but it's, it's a great play by Mitch Marner. It's, I was thinking about this coming home, and yeah. like there's there's two sides to every goal. In Von- in Toronto, all they're talking about is the play that Marner made. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, it was a, It was a great play. Uh, against the number six defenseman. Um, But I think he recovered. I think Harrington recovers enough on the play. I mean, uh, then it just becomes a foot race uh, to the front of the net. And if you watch the replay, one of the things that Tavares does a great job is getting his stick in position. He literally like looks, if if I recall, he just lifts, he lifts, um, he lifts Zach's stick out of the way, so his stick is where it needs to be, and that's where you just you've got to be a little harder on your stick, and look, those are the kind of plays sometimes games come down to one play like that. And uh, I don't think that's a partner play, that's just an effort play.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah he's he is under the micro the microscope this year, but I, he, I think this will be beneficial for him long term, but it's, oh, a, it's yeah. a compete thing. And, and the shoulder, we've talked about this before. In fairness, he, he hasn't said anything about it. But you, you wonder if he's past the psychological. He doesn't. He's not using his arms. He's not banging people and pushing people. You know what I'm saying? I, guess I don't see that part of him. He didn't put up much of a fight last night with Tavares. I just wonder if he doesn't quite trust the arm yet, the shoulder. That's something I probably need to ask him point blank. Yeah,
2: yeah I think. And the other thing, one of not to use Torts' phrase of picking you apart, but um, you know, Torts himself was talking about before the game. It's it's sometimes it's not even just the physical part, it's being getting caught in between, being indecisive. And there was some indecision there to to go immediately with him. Uh go to immediately with Tavares. He he seemed to be caught a little bit puck watching, seeing what was going on behind him. It was not a two on one. It was a The guy makes a move to the net and Tavares is like starts that play at the blue line. I mean, again, Wierenski could not have been in better position. And and he kind of gets you could watch the video and see him looking over his shoulder trying to find the puck. He was even mentioning that and him just then from there it becomes, okay. I've got to kind of shield this guy away from the puck and just ride him out. And, you know, it, it didn't happen. And I think you guys are right. There, there. It's, it's. We've, we've, we, look at, we look for it all the time now because it's being discussed. And you can't notice, you can't help but notice it when it's right in the middle of the ice. They're the only four guys in the zone.
1: Yeah. Well, there's that old adage in the news business, like when there's a big and bad plane crash. The next, the next three weeks, whenever a flight's diverted, it's a story. Yeah. Right. And then what I'm saying is, you're looking for it. And everybody is on high alert for stuff now. Um, so it, it is something to keep an eye on, something we have kept an eye on. Uh, if, if we're looking at the other end of the spectrum, really high individual play uh, for the Blue Jackets. Cam Atkinson is just absolutely oh. on fire right now. Uh, goals in five straight is 7-4-11 in his last five games. Um, that came after he missed a game due to illness. Um and, boy, he's come back really, really strong. We said it a number of years ago that uh, this guy looks like a 30-goal game 30 goal scorer. Heard some snickers out there. Uh, and I remember asking Cam, like, geez, you got 35 goals this year. Uh, you know, you feel like this is a one-off? Or do you? And he said, why not 40? Let's go get 40. Um, I think he can get 40. He's at 13 right now through 21 games. 20 for him, 21 for the team. Can this guy score 40 goals? Has he figured it out to that extent, Allison?
3: Yes, I think he can. Um, I, my joke with Cam every year is that at some point I write about how he is – I tease him. I call him Cam consistency um, because even when he's not scoring, this is a player who consistently does everything right in underlying performance. Um, we also know this is a guy who thrives on confidence, and on and he's got the touch right now, and it just continues. This is how he plays. Um, yeah. So I I do think um, that he can get to 40, and and I I actually think it's hilarious. It was in the moment it was hilarious because for him to score that goal last night, uh, there was a there was a section of the Toronto media who was saying who is Cam Atkinson, um, which was kind of incredible to me. But uh, for him to get the first goal was it was kind of a a funny footnote to some of that chatter that was going on uh, pregame yesterday. But, yes, I think I think he is if he's truly under the radar that much, um, it's shocking to me. And I think that he can he could put up 40 easily, particularly if the power play stays effective.
1: Yeah, it does seem weird that he would be under. He had 35 goals a a couple of years ago. Uh, Is 40 within the wheelhouse here for Mr. Atkinson? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so.
2: Playing on a great line, I mean, it, it, he scores the first goal, but the second goal he does all the work. I mean, Dubois oh, just taps in, right? He made a heck of a heck of a skilled play in front of the net uh, to basically leave Freddie Anderson out the dry once he had made the move, and and all Dubois doing is going hard to the net and and tapping in. So yeah, he's he's in terrific form. He stays healthy, and this line stays hot. Yeah, I, I think that's I think it is doable.
1: I mean, the key is he's averaging four shots on goal per game. Yeah, I mean, and I mean
2: you're you're playing with you know you're playing with a guy like uh, Panarin who's you know that's going to draw draw a guys' attention away from Cam to begin with, and then you couple that with Cam's skill. My goodness, I don't know, can't remember which goal it was. for in in Car- in Carolina, it, it was it reminded me of of the the setup last night for Dubois. Just his footwork and and moves in a tight area for yeah. one of those goals in Carolina is just wow that is that is a that's a dynamic goal there
1: yeah I just love it you can see you can see the confidence there when Wenberg's this is in Carolina saucers the pack from behind the puck from behind the net and he just lays into it yeah like just well like you can't wait to shoot it He's feeling it right now. I mean, he if, he's averaging almost four shots on goal per game. He's like t- top ten in the league uh, just in pure shots on goal. He's ninth behind a guy, Ovechkin. Have you guys heard of this Ovechkin from Washington? Mm-hmm. Right behind him. So if he shoots 12.5 percent, then he's going to get to 40. His career average is 11.6 percent, so certainly doable. Um, yeah, I, I think the difference for him too is he's typically he does he gets in his head as you've said, Allison. Typically, it's like December. He's like, okay, now I'm feeling it, and he goes on a tear. Well, he sort of started off this way, which makes you think that maybe he is he is sort of playing in a different plane here. So good good news for him. Um, there's one. It, it's been interesting to to us, I think, for years. Um, as we've as we've uh, covered this team, watched this team closely, many years we've thought, well, how come no one is predicting is that the, the Blue Jackets can finish in the top half of the Metro? I think this has been the previous three or four years here. We're like, it's a pretty good team. Uh, how come no, How how come people see Saad being traded to Chicago and Panarin coming in? They don't see the uptick there. And then this year it's been different because people are like, oh, yeah, this is, a, this is a Stanley Cup contender. And we're like, is it? Like, boy, I don't know if I feel that way about it. And I'm only speaking for myself. We'll go around the horn here. I think this is obviously a hell of a team. It's a competitive team. This is what a lot of teams, a lot of good teams do, is you, you find your way through the regular season, and then the GM is informed as to what the team needs at the trade deadline. And I think Jarmo Kekalainen will be very aggressive at the trade deadline as a, I think even more aggressive than he was last year and with bigger names and players with, with more um, permanency in the roster, perhaps like not rentals, not, not low end, but effective rentals, but like impact players. I think that's the mindset he has going into this trade deadline, but as currently uh, Currently constructed, I don't think this team. I don't think of them as a cup contender, and I'm wondering if, if you guys agree. I think it's a playoff team. I think maybe they win around. I just don't. I don't see the depth of defense. I don't see the depth, the scoring depth at forward. I don't see the 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 um scoring the 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 center depth. It's necessarily because of Riley Nash has just been sort of eh okay. Wenberg has been Maybe getting a little bit better, but not an impact player. When you guys see this roster, does it scream, "Boy, they have a chance to win it all" as currently put together? Allison?
3: Yeah, I I would agree <clears throat> with the points you just made. I think that this is a strong team. There's even above the individual forwards that you mentioned down the middle. I, there's something about the the after the first line, there's something about those other lines that I still feel like the chemistry isn't or 100% where it could be. there's still if, if in a perfect world if I if I could play with the lines a little bit, there might be some changes I'd like to try just to see. I'd love to see Dubinsky back up with Jenner and Anderson because they were so effective um, in those um, first two games. There's something I'd like to play with there. I the, the defense would definitely need improvement. And I think we, we, we beat on this horse, but you know, the, if Ian Cole was here, this is a completely different oh, discussion.
2: Out. You're going to bring Ian Cole back in.
3: Well, I, uh, I, I, I was, agree.
2: I agree with you. I agree with you. I was, completely...
3: I was pro Ian Cole um, with what he did here. And I, I, think if you, if you look at what this defense looks like, if you look at back to my other soapbox, what Zach Wierenski on ice development path could be, if Ian Cole's here and who he plays with, you know, I I think that you're going to need someone like that for sure uh, to your point. Um, And then, I mean, and I'm going to say this too, the other thing we're all sick of talking about is this team is primarily evaluated on the talent of their two top players who, one of which may not be here after the trade deadline. So that, that, looms large for me. I mean, forget all the drama of it, but that's a real thing in terms of what this team can do. Um, Tom had it in his article about PL yesterday is that, you know, PL is playing effectively even if he's not with Panarin, but he's not scoring without Panarin. So um, that player, and I know some people seem to pick on him because he hasn't scored lately or what have you, but that player, the offense runs through Artemi Panarin, period. Period. So yeah. without him, this is a completely different team.
1: My God, he's going to, he's going to break the blue jackets, fans hearts, isn't he? Tom, um, contender blue jackets. I don't think a cup contender.
2: Certainly. I, I there's certainly a playoff team. Uh, and I, and I, I want to back it up one second. I think that people thought last year they were the sexy pick last year. Yes. Yeah, uh, so. Kind of a dark horse. So this is two, kind of two years in a row where people are sniffing around it. And I think, if you, you, you can look at this, I, I will say this. You look at the situation in late November as we come close to American Thanksgiving, and you, you say, wow, the, the Penguins are, don't look like the Penguins of old. I, and I know that it, they will probably be just fine, but they don't look real good right now. Washington's still kind of working through it. So you say, boy, there is a chance in the Metro there. If, if the Blue Jackets can get it going. But to, as far as Stanley Cup contender, boy, I, I I don't see this team winning three rounds of the playoff. They've they've yet to win one, and because of the issues down the middle of the ice, I mean we we've, we've talked about it. They've got really one natural center playing well right now. Um, it's just it's just hard. It's hard to see. I I think your point, Aaron, is really interesting about what Yarmo does at the trade deadline. If he goes the other way and says. We're all in here. We're, we're not going to just get a Thomas Vanek this time. We're going to go get somebody else to get us over the hump and win us a round or two. I think that's going to be fascinating. But then you have to balance it with, oh my goodness, you're going to lose. You know, you're going to make those guys, and then maybe still lose Panarin. Well, oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of drama there uh, coming down the stretch.
1: Yeah, and, and Pierre LeBrun, the national writer for the Athletic. Spoke with him yesterday. He wrote a, a lengthy piece um, about the Panarin and Bobrovsky situations, and it, it, it's all it's all in there. Um, I, I think it 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 brings up the fascinating point. I, there are people within the Blue Jackets organization who are saying we're not so sure Panarin is going to want to leave, and I, I don't think it's just delusional thinking. Um, I don't think there's anything concrete that has made them think that. I think they just see a happy player and they think there's still a chance he could change his mind, but uh, they, and that's fine, but they have to know and they may have to have his name on a dotted line by February 25th to know. I mean, because you just can't gamble with that. And if, if he leaves, I think for sure Yarmo gets super aggressive. If if for no other reason than to to give this team hope going into this playoffs if they lose Panarin. Um I don't think he's trading first round picks for rentals, mind you. But I, I think he I think he would feel a responsibility to give this team and this city hope if Panarin walks out there's is traded out the door in, in February and it may Still very well welcome to that. Um, Daniel Milstein due in town uh, mid-December. Uh, I'm not sure if business gets talked about at that point. But, cert- I mean, December, not far from February, The Blue- it's going to take time to put a trade together. The Blue Jackets are going to need to know uh, where this stands. Uh, Panarin, by the way, 10 games now without a goal. He's been productive. He's had three assists night. In Carolina, I think he had a helper last night. To- yeah, yeah, he did. He was he was yeah. he was good. He was, he was yeah. nothing wrong with his game. He just did not go down the net. Ten, these ten games, had a goal, one short of his of his uh, career NHL career high set early in his time with the Blackhawks. Tell me, you're going to say something?
2: No, no. I I I mean, yeah, he's not scoring goals, but as Allison mentioned, he's still you know the offense does kind of run through him, and that line is terrific. But he he creates a lot of space for other guys of the ice
1: of how dangerous he is. Uh, News and notes from around the league. Mike Yo, who has turned filet into ground beef in two NHL cities now, uh, fired by the St. Louis Blues late last night. Big talk that Joel Quenville might be headed to St. Louis. uh, But for now, the interim coach is Craig Berube. The chief is back in action. Uh, And Craig Patrick, many Blue Jackets fans will, of course, remember him as the architect of some of those great Penguins teams, uh, but also as an advisor to hockey operations for the Blue Jackets during uh, Scott Housen's time. He has been hired by the Penguins again as a scout. So it'll be good to have uh, good old Craig Patrick around in the building. He's a gentleman of the game for sure. And just in his brief time in Columbus, really enjoyed uh, time spent with him. A lot of history wrapped up there. Uh, Tom, anything else we need to get to? You're driving back from Toronto, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, I'll be leaving here shortly. Man of the people. It should only take you eight and a half hours?
2: Oh, no, I won't make it all the way back. I uh, I will be at the Cavs game. I'll be back to uh, see He's LeBron's fine. return uh, tomorrow night.
1: Oh, he'll be glad to see you. I'm sure. Uh, Allison, anything to add here?
3: Uh, no, just a happy American Thanksgiving to those who celebrate it.
1: Yeah, fair point. Uh, and Ohio State with a massive weekend, both men and women.
3: Yeah, yeah, they are uh, both teams swept. Um, the women I mentioned this last week played against the gold-winning goaltender, uh, Maddie Rooney, uh, who's with UMD, uh, Minnesota Duluth. And to to sweep that that series and put up Quite a few goals on her was, was something to to be proud of. Um, Tatum Skaggs gets a hat trick. Um, uh, Emma Malte is tied for the scoring lead in the nation right now. Um, goaltending record set on the men's side. I, this was some of the most enjoyable hockey um, I've seen, regardless of level, this past weekend from both teams. And I would just, again, encourage people to get out and check out these teams. They're playing well. They're one of two schools to have both teams Men's and women's ranked in the top ten uh, nationally, so um, this is some good hockey out there, and it's a great way to see the game at a different level and and just have a good time. So I'd say I'd say check those those both out.
1: And clearly, the best sports teams at Ohio State right now, right?
3: I mean, I I personally think so. They're executing on on both sides of the of the playing object effectively. So I would say yes.
1: Well, we would be remiss if we got out of here without talking about the huge game Saturday. Let me just real quick get you guys' picks, because this game, I mean, for years, it, it is such a part of this local community, oh, such goodness. a part of the fabric <laughs> of what you do. do you here like we the, for the blue jackets Saturday? Yeah.
3: But listen, this is legitimately a, a, a big deal. I mean, Tom said this, and Tom's watched more of their play, but this is a, a different Pittsburgh team and Sidney Crosby is out and they're struggling. I think they've lost, they've won two of their last seven. Is that right, Tom? And it,
2: I, it, it, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, they're, they're not, they don't look good. It's, I'm not
1: it.
3: It's, but that's, but that's what I'm saying. They're, they're, they're the wounded, they're the wounded lion. Right. So it's, yeah. I am legitimately excited to, see that matchup and you can take in Ohio state men right before against Penn state. Um, another right. solid matchup and then, uh, watch the blue jackets right after.
1: Right. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. That's what I was getting at. Um, yeah, come on guys. The penguins are going to go 13 and 0 in December or January. I always do. They can't care right now. Like it, there's teams that are in it every year. They just can't possibly care oh. about games in October and November. I, I would say
2: this that, that if if they were coming off a, another cup run or they had at least made it to the conference finals, maybe more so. Uh, they had a they had a, a brief spring last year. They were out they were out in six games the second round.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so this you would thought would have been a year like work again. And I, I agree with you. they they're, they're going to they're they're probably a playoff team, but if anyone is a conspiracy theorist out there.
1: Oh no! You're not gonna yeah.
2: say it. Here we go. This would be the classic year where the Penguins miss the playoffs and win the Jack Hughes lottery.
1: Oh God!
2: Right? I mean, this that has been their their the they, they 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 stink and they get Mario Lemieux. They tank and get Mario Lemieux, and then they have a special lottery for Sidney Crosby. They're always they're always bad at the right times, right, Forty? Yeah, but they're not,
1: they're not bad with this this amount of talent on their roster. No, and
2: I know in all seriousness, no, they're going to make the playoff, right. but yeah, it's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's a dip right now and it's noticeable. And I, and, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of their games recently and this does not look like, uh, so this looks like the Penguins team, uh, that got Mike Johnson fired right before, uh, right before the coach that's currently there yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in right now. So,
1: yeah. Uh, when is Crosby back? Anybody know?
3: I don't think we know. I think he skated yesterday, but it was a morning skate, so not a legitimate practice. Yeah. Um, I think they estimated at least a week, and that was last weekend, I believe. I I, I would have to double check that.
2: Oh, what, uh, one last point, Aaron. We were looking for strands. Uh, I don't I don't think Austin Matthews will be back for Friday, but it, it, it may he may that may be right at the edge of that'll be one month. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think he's back for Friday's game uh, in nationwide arena, but he could be getting close.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Good to note. All right. Well, thanks uh, both of you for, for plugging in here. Please check us out on the athletic.com. Um, you can pick the blue jackets as your favorite team, if you wish, and it'll pop up just like a full sports page uh, for you. So pretty convenient. Great on the, on the phone. I mean, the app, I think the phone app is the, is the best part of the whole deal, but that's just me. Uh, Tom Reed, thanks for being with us. Allison Lucan, thanks for being with us. Tommy, drive safe back from Toronto. Tell LeBron hello for us.
2: Hey, Aaron, can we? Can we, we? should probably make one more mention.
1: Yes. Here. and I know this is a topic close to
2: your heart too. Yeah. Nick Felino's daughter, right now, going through a bit of a tough time. Uh, uh, and uh, and I'm think just this is just a time that you, you hope for that five year old girl that she that the family can get some good news this week. Uh maybe you can just give the readers just a little bit of background on that if you would.
1: Yeah, well and and I, I think there's been a, a um he spoke about it yesterday, Nick did, which um, you know, I, I think part of this is is um it's an ongoing situation and when you have a child that has a congenital heart defect that you do you get it taken care of but you also live with it because it it so often is is a, um, a continuing care type of, of uh, illness or defect however you want to put it so he's going through a rough patch he spoke about it briefly uh, to reporters yesterday in Toronto he missed a game uh, there I think there are chances he's going to to have um, maybe some absences as the season goes on um, I, I you know this guy this guy has poured his heart and soul into this team I think the community, Fully respects him, um, and I, I think he needs a little bit coming the other direction here, just with uh, support and and patience. I cannot imagine uh, playing a, at a high level through some of the stuff that he's that he has gone through and perhaps will go through. But but full marks, full marks to him because he is a, he's a hell of a dude and a hell of a competitor. Yep, well said. Yeah, thanks. Um, All right. Well, on that note, we'll be back with you. This is uh, Tuesday. We'll be back with you on Friday. Um, Probably stuffed and falling asleep after all of the turkey and and such. But we wish you a happy Thanksgiving and uh, we'll talk to you here in a few days.